Hello and welcome to What's the Story Ghost. I'm your host Annette. And I'm Stephen. And today we are on episode 87. Up in heaven. There we go. Um, Stephen. Annette. We're not going to a particular place because apparently uh, upon doing research I found out there have been more sightings in more places than I ever knew. One even as close as the UK. Really? Yeah. Wow. I've read the title <laughs> and I know what we're talking about we and I may have a story of somewhere even closer. Oh really? No, okay, yes. no, no, no. We crack on with the story first Let's and then you can on. tell me. Cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Picture yourself out for a walk. Let's set the scene. You're in a forest and from the looks of things you have the whole place to yourself. It's a beautiful spring day. The morning started out crisp and cool, but has gradually been getting, let's say, less freezing rather than warm. You're listening out for birdsong, but you can also hear the gushing of water coming from the creek not far from you. There are little sprouts of what will soon become beautiful spring flowers popping up all over this beautiful forest. You get to the creek just before it branches off to a large river ahead. Open your canteen and fill it halfway with water. Replace the cap, give it a good shake, and discard the water behind you on the land rather than back into the stream. I'm not sure why, but in your head you think it's better than throwing it back in the water. You place your canteen back into the water, patiently waiting for your canteen to fill this time, still enjoying your bird song, not really paying attention. And then the sound of a branch snapping under your foot frightens the holy bejesus out of you. So of course you let out a blood-curdling scream. But when you look down, there's no branch under your foot, broken or otherwise. You're currently walking on the stony shoreline of the river you're about to approach, so no branches. You turn quickly to check your surroundings and see nothing. So you can only assume it was a quick animal, but has since scurried off after hearing your loud girly scream, so you're not surprised. Until you hear it again, a branch snap as if underfoot and this time a whoosh noise, like you hear when running through bushes or trees. And then you see it. And although you have no idea what you're looking at, you know what it's not. It's not an animal, as it's standing on two legs. It's also not human, because it is exceptionally hairy, like a bear or a shaggy dog. But it's about seven or eight feet tall. So what the hell is it then? In the Himalayas, it's called the Yeti. In Australia, it's called the Yowie. In Indonesia, it's an Ibu Gogo. And for America, it's Bigfoot or Sasquatch. In fact, Bigfoot sightings have been reported in almost every US state, which corroborates the belief that there is more than one Bigfoot and that it's not a singular creature, but a species. Species or solo act, the hunt for Bigfoot became a global phenomenon. Humboldt County has hosted some of the most interesting characters through its history, from writers to actors to adventurers, but unquestionably the most notorious, real or not, is Bigfoot. The moniker Bigfoot was first used by the Time Standard newspaper in the late 1950s in response to numerous sightings of exceptionally large footprints in remote wooded areas. However, tales of great furry humanoids had already been part of the Native American folklore and early settlers' reports for quite some time. In the 1950s, there was a significant increase in interest in Humboldt due to reports of large footprints discovered along logging roads, which were covered by the media. 
plaster casts were made of these prints which measured over 16 inches in length and indicated a five foot stride. Scientists confirmed that these were not bear prints and that the absence of an arch indicated that the feet had known no shoes. There were also reports of the creature's unique musky scent and whistling howl. As more footprints and sightings were reported, people became increasingly more interested in Bigfoot. Expeditions were launched, some for scientific purposes and others for hunting. There were debates about whether Bigfoot should be considered an endangered species and whether shooting one should be considered a homicide. While some hoaxes were perpetrated, genuine accounts countered them. In the fall of 1967, Roger Patterson, who was searching for Bigfoot, recorded a 16mm film capturing the image of a female Bigfoot walking along the banks of Bluff Creek, located north of Weechpeck. This footage has become iconic, featuring a tall, wide, hairy humanoid with long arms and simian features. The town of Willow Creek owes a great deal of thanks to its Bigfoot residents. In 1999, a new wing was added to the local museum specifically for Bigfoot exhibits. It was initially meant to showcase the collection of a renowned Bigfoot investigator named Bob Titmus, who had spent four decades in pursuit of the elusive creature. Since then, the museum's collection and Bigfoot's fame have only continued to grow. Every year, Willow Creek hosts its famous Bigfoot Day celebration, which draws large crowds and features parades, theatre performances, dances and a variety of food. Images of Bigfoot can be found on statues, murals, storefronts throughout the town and are also available on a variety of souvenirs such as t-shirts, magnets and shot glasses. Although Bigfoot might not need a financial cut from all the attention, it certainly deserves recognition for its place in the wilderness. But even when Willow Creek isn't hosting a Bigfoot days, you can still find something to do. Be it a stroll around Bigfoot books, dining at the Bigfoot Steakhouse, seeing the murals, and even a Bigfoot burger. Now, I watched the guys on BuzzFeed Unsolved try to put this burger away, and though they succeeded, they coined the phrase perfectly, it's nap time after one. Based on personal accounts, Bigfoot's skin colour ranges from deep black to charcoal, dark brown, reddish brown or grey, with lighter palms and soles of the feet, and are reportedly an average height of 7 feet and 10 inches. They are thought to be mostly silent, but have also been credited with howls, grunts, screams and growls. If you need an example, please see the link in the show notes, section titled It's Time to Go Now, when a mushroom hunter got more than he bargained for. Over the years, Pennsylvania has had numerous Sasquatch sightings, with the first one dating back to 1858. There were several sightings of a wild man who was described as a hairy, upright walking creature that caused fear among locals and terrorised both livestock and residents. However, the most compelling evidence of an unknown creature in the area was discovered in August of 1980. Locals in the Kenoma Township area of Johnstown, Pennsylvania found a massive print in the mud that appeared to belong to someone or something's right foot. The print had six toes and was over 17 inches long. The second imprint of the left foot was found eight feet away, indicating a giant stride. The print was discovered close to someone's home and there were reports of a foul smell in the area as well as strange noises that were unlike anything they had heard before. The incident made the newspapers and to this day it remains unsolved and unexplained. 
A little closer to home is a sighting that took place in Cannock Chase in Staffordshire in the United Kingdom. A 26 square mile forest that I had never heard of before researching for this episode. But seemingly for centuries the forest has been plagued with paranormal activity and supernatural phenomena. From sightings of UFOs and yeti-like creatures dating back to the 1800s, as well as child spirits and werewolves, Cannock Chase has an eclectic group living among her trees. In 2021, Bigfoot enthusiast Lee Brickley said he found tracks and claw marks that prove an ape-like beast is living in the forest of Cannock Chase. Lee took photos of the prints he found and claims they measured a terrifying 41 centimetres from toe to heel. That's nearly twice the size of an average male footprint and far too large to be from any animal native to the UK. A few weeks after spotting the footprints, Lee seemingly found large claw marks on a tree near the area he found the prints. And not far from that was a mutilated deer that was covered in bite marks and its throat ripped out. There are so many reports from completely different areas, and though most reports vary, not just Bigfoot's height, his build, his colour, but his temperament. The last sighting would leave us to believe that Bigfoot is a ferocious monster, but there have been others, of Bigfoot short of rescuing a young boy. In 2019, three-year-old Casey Hathaway went missing for two whole nights in the woods. How did a three-year-old survive in the woods for two nights? He said he hung out with a bear for two days. I'm not sure how I feel about Bigfoot. I believe there may be an unknown, unstudied species out there that just wants to be left alone. I just wish the people who posted videos of an incredible Bigfoot sighting would maybe update their flashy camcorder equipment to something made, say, this side of the millennium. What do you think of that story? That was really good. Wasn't Enjoyed it good? that. Yeah, all big footy and stuff. All big footy and stuff. Um, I just think for. Okay, right. Don't get me wrong. I would be scared, and I would probably be a little bit shaky. But I think for something as monumental as capturing Bigfoot, I would manage to hold my camcorder straight, or 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 not shaking. Or I reckon it's because they're not looking through the viewfinder and they are looking where they're looking, but they're not pointing the camera the right direction. And all the photos just tend to be blurry. I don't get it. Yeah, but if you're shooting Bigfoot, you're going to be looking not through the viewfinder because you want to still have peripheral vision. Just in case it has not been proven that there's one. <laughs> it has been. It has not been proven that there isn't two. I'm not saying that I do or don't believe in it, but there are tribes who are in the back arse of nowhere that we don't even know about so who's to say or who's not to say that bigfoot is or is not real and does he have a little bit of a side check yeah maybe he does bigfoot gotta get his freaky on you any characters for me couple no you don't do you really i do <laughs> it's a story about bigfoot who yeah. you got go well bigfoot's tall yes basketball players of course michael jordan's too obvious so i went with scotty pippen uh, aside from the fact that Michael Jordan is bald <laughs> everybody is going to wear a, a furry costume yes, or yes, yes, borrow yes. our good friend Ron's ghillie suit it could which is, be which is like all ropes and tatters yeah, yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah it yeah, could yeah. just be like a really good mink jacket yeah yeah. and the, the the person who is selling all the real but not fake 
Bigfoot artifacts is none other than <laughs> paraphernalia paraphernalia is none other than David Jason the me- the guy who plays Del Boy from Only Fools and Horses yeah y'all gotta watch because everybody trusts Del Boy because uh, he sells nothing but the genuine art absolutely doesn't Willow Creek sound like the kind of place that you would love to go and visit though yeah I love one of them burgers it's like the the patty not the patty the bun is done out it's like a, a foot long. it's like a giant foot it's just so cool and I love food that makes me want to nap afterwards <laughs> although I don't think they do a celiac friendly mm. option well, uh, I could get you a is... bottle of Calpol and not that back. <laughs> um, I just love the way they have leaned into the thing that makes their area weird and wonderful. Because we've talked about so many hotels that are like, room 416 haunted? No, no, what are you talking about? And then we've talked about other hotels like the Banff Springs in mm. uh, Canada, where it was just kind of like, yeah, we have a plaque up kind of not honouring but kind of being respectful to the bride who was walking down the stairs and her veil caught fire and I love the hotels lean into that because it's like listen this is a really crappy thing that happened at the hotel and sometimes they don't leave and you're welcome to say hello to them just try maybe not piss them off there's no instruction on how not to do that though Um, you were saying something about having something friend of ours of of ours so I know this person do you remember Tony yeah Uh, himself and our other friend Aaron, where we were driving through the Wicklow Mountains, okay, and we stopped off. It's in and around the Sally Gap region. I can't remember, but I were, if we drove past the turn again, because it's a sharp right-hand turn, but there's a car park right in the corner, and then there's a forest on the other side of it. Okay. And Tony expressed his discomfort as he was here before at this spot, and he was standing either just inside or on the edge of the forest, mm. and he seen a shadow they're worse or I can't this is so long ago that he told me this story an outline of something he may have even said it was clearer than that I can't recall exactly but he was adamant that he saw something that he could best describe as very similar to Bigfoot there was nobody there there was no other cars parked there nobody had got in before him he was there like whatever time of day he was certain there was nobody nobody else there and he is certain that he encountered the Irish Bigfoot. Right, well, let's be honest, okay? No one is actually going to say, I have seen the Irish Bigfoot unless they are 100... Now, I'm not saying he did or didn't see it, but unless you are 100% convinced that you yourself saw what you saw, no Irish man is going to admit that he's seen something that far-fetched or that... You know, it's it's not been debunked, let's be honest. Nobody's ever going to be able to... Like, how do you prove there is no Bigfoot? But no one is going to say that they saw it unless they are convinced that they did. And I think if you were able to give a, a, an exceptionally descriptive description to that's one thing. But I think it's even worse if you just see the outline of something or just see the shadow of something because your brain wants to convince you that your your brain is playing tricks on you. Like, haha, this is funny. And you're like, yeah. no, I'm in the woods by myself. The amount of times that I've been camping with the scouts or friends and you get up in the middle of the night mm. and you're like what the flip flops was that and after a while you're like feel the emotion but keep looking at it because any second now you're going to realise that's a big leaf <laughs> or a tree yeah. or a rustle or one of the cub scouts has escaped oh no <laughs> which is actually quite scary <laughs> um I think you and I've only been camping once and I that don't think I got up to use the bathroom once because I, I I was terrified like I'd, ne- I'd never been in Cork or Park past you told me you slept really well that night I did 
but I didn't get up once because I was like, if I have to get up to pee, there's I, nothing worse than getting up to pee no. now because you have to unzip, you have to unzip, climb over climb your up. other person and then climb yeah. out the and door. Unless you have you sleep in pajamas, which is not something I do. You have to put some semblance of yeah. outer clothing on and your loose hiking boots with the laces tucked inside because you can't be bothered tying them. No. You also have no socks, so you're no. standing on the little nodule ends on it <laughs> and you're just like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. But also, you're like, you just have to keep walking with vengeance because you've been trying to get yourself to yeah. go back to sleep for half an hour, but you really need to pee. And now we've come in and it's freezing, which makes you need to pee more. But you're the only person I've ever been actually camping with as in not taking into account times that I've camped and I'm doing quotation marks here with my cousins out in my granny's back garden that doesn't really count because it's not camping camping although something also tells me camping in Camock Valley in Corker Park isn't roughing it and it probably isn't there it's are probably camping, yeah it's, it's not camping, wild camping but it's not glamping either mm. but all I kept thinking was if I have to climb over him He's going to wake up, make a very scary noise, and either he's going to scare the shiitake mushrooms out of me or someone else who has a younger kid who's going to hear this I big man. probably would have rolled over and farted. <laughs> which, <laughs> in it, which in itself is also quite scary. giggled myself back to sleep because I just hotboxed you in a tent. But I did. Oh, stop. But I did. I actually slept really well, and I think I overestimated how scared I was going to be and underestimated how cold no, how warm I was going to be. We were because in, we I was were wearing uh, leggings and a t-shirt instead of my usual shorts and a string top. Mm. And I got into the thing and I was like, oh, I really hope the end of this sleeping bag has the zip that, you know, the zips that you can undo yeah. from the bottom so them. that I could throw one foot out. Mm. But then I had that scary monster under the bed thing going on. I was like, if I put mm. my foot outside this, uh, something's going to grab it. I'm like, where? You're at the back of the tent. They have to get to see you before they can get to you. I know a lot of couples that camp together will get the old school sleeping bags that have the square shape. Yeah. And, they, and then just make it into like, like a double make it into a double yeah and, and sleep just on one two. and sleep yeah, exactly. under the other yeah. yeah we need to go camping again oh we can't do any of that have stuff children, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we could bring them camping though a couple of my friends have brought their kids when they're quite young camping yeah. um although yeah because i think once they start scout they're gonna be like i don't want to go camping with my parents that's not cool i want to go to the ca- they want to go with like my friends i want to carry this big green massive canvas tent that weighs more than me <laughs> and cast iron skillets in a big black wooden box with 400 other items it takes four people to lift that's what I want to do you guys have like wheelbarrows or something that you can kind of bring all that equipment or can you drive the vans right up to the places that you keep uh, we normally stuff? drive the vans in Larch Hill you drive the vans up to the edge of the field you're but, not allowed to drive any vans on any fields but everything in Larch Hill is up a hill there's not like yeah. the car park is level and then everything after that even the little playground the indoor it's in the area, mountains. but it's, it, everything it's is up a hill a lot of troops will have their gear on a trailer the trailer will be brought up by one of the other leaders in the back of his car mm. jeep and then there's a couple little staff in Larch Hill that have Landovers and Landover off-road licenses. Um, and Larch Hill insists that you have them. Yeah, and you have to be staff as well. But yeah. And you're, and then you will tow the trailers around Larch Hill. Do you know what it is? It's kind of like no one is going to look after the grounds as well as the people who have to work there all the time instead of just you who's there occasionally. Like the metal staff are there all the time. Oh, they take good care of the place. They do, they have to, because, you know, if they didn't, where would we all camp? Uh, we got sidetracked, but I actually like that part of the conversation. Because mm-hmm. now I'm really fired up to go camping again, like middle of the July. Can we camp? 
Can't follow you around if you want. Right. Patty Bates could make the, the, the foot long burger, but you can make it from real Bigfoot. That sounds. It's a sinister movie. That's. I've misery. been watching. Yes, I've been watching Hannibal going to bed the last few nights. <laughs> so that's normal for yeah, you. Yeah. Now I want to go camping again. Preferably not, maybe in the Wicklow Mountains, because that's just. I know, great spot. <laughs> Is it a big enough forest though? No. Could something be living in? Oh, there? absolutely. Anything could live anywhere. Because like, there's only one spot that I know near Sally Gap, and it's quite a dense but small forest, but it is quite dense. Probably the same one. There's a, there's a scattering of forests around there. Could be on the way to Glen McNass as well. I wonder sure. if there's any sightings anywhere in Scotland, and is that what bothies are used for in the interim? B- Bigfoot huts? Yeah, just Bigfoot huts. No, they're there for uh, survivals. No, I know what they're there for. <laughs> okay. Anyway. We finish up there? Say your words. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I will, of course, include the links in the show notes. And if you have any questions on this or any other episode, our socials are What's the Story Ghost on Instagram and What's the Story Ghost at gmail.com if you have any personal stories you would like to share. And those are all my words. Exit jingle. Exit jingle. Bye. There was an episode where home was... Was Mistake. Bigfoot? Was Bigfoot, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not completely Wouldn't irrelevant. it be amazing if though somebody actually sent in like their personal story? It was like, oh my god, Stephen, I've been to Wicklow. I know where you're talking.